0: We are not saving them money on their energy bills. That's that's for other optimization companies to do. Uh, what we do is that we can give them a better understanding of where their energy comes from in real time and how they can then move towards some more renewable consumption. Uh, this is extremely important for them. Uh, again, not for not for a marginalised cost thing, but when you look to their clients and and certain points also their investors. They want to be able to show that they are renewable, that they're working with sustainables and that they're working with us and taking taking a bigger bigger step in this. So we're sort of allowing for that insight and that knowledge, which is which is extremely valuable to them.
1: Hi, I'm David Contreras, your host today at Climate Tech Talks. We're going to have an interesting chat today about energy transparency and to do that we have invited Nils Soderstrom, the founder and CEO of Remblock, a company based in Sweden. The company is also bringing a comprehensive and transparent solution for tracing and verifying sources of energy. What they want is actually increase the transparency in the energy market by giving consumers the opportunity to freely choose the origin of their energy and bringing purchasing power in general to the energy market. We also discussed the motivations and the background of, of Niels in his journey and how he's seen the whole Nordics and climate tech ecosystem evolving here in Europe and across the world. So I hope you enjoyed the discussion. So welcome to our next episode of Climate Tech Talks. I'm today with Niels Soderstrom. He's the CEO of a very interesting startup in Sweden. Uh, it's uh, basically founded in 2018 with, with his with his co-founder. Uh, hi, Niels. How are you? Hey, there, Thank you. I'm good. How are you doing? Yeah, you're you're calling us from Stockholm, right?
0: Yes, Stockholm, Sweden. Exactly. We're nice. calling. I mean, we're on we're online. I don't think anybody's called anyone for, for quite a bit. But yeah, sure.
1: <laughs> I know, uh, and we will get back in, into into the Sweden or Swedish uh, you know startup scene in in a, in a while. Because I'm super curious of all the innovation that's happening. But let's start from right from the beginning. So could you briefly describe what Remblock does for, for our audience? And then we will go deep dive a bit into your your own experience and how you, you got into, you know, the current role as CEO of, of Renblock.
0: Rembock was started, uh, as you said, about, about three years three years ago now, in 2018. Um, we worked, both me and my co-founder Gustav have a standing history within the energy industry. Um, and we worked with several different parts of, parts of the industry, both large scale, small scale, off-grid stuff. Um, we realized um, a, a, a few years ago that there's no actual way for consumers to really tell where your energy is coming from. Um, as you can tell the provenance of, of a lot of your other products that you buy like you will know exactly where your where the cotton in your shirt comes from or, or where your coffee is from and then meats and all of those other products um, there's really nothing out there in the market that tells you how much wind solar coal nuclear hydro energy that you consume um, so we set up we set out to to sort of solve that and building a small, a uh, small prototype and finding our market market niche. Uh, we went to we went to market about two and a half years ago now. So we've been around been around for 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 a while. We call it energy transparency. Uh, in short, it's what it it gives you it gives you an understanding in real time of what energy sources you consume. Basically,
1: interesting, very interesting. Yeah. Uh, we will we'll obviously. Uh, describe this in in for detail in a bit. But I wanted to go back to your own background first. Um, So you have a strong hat in terms of business development and and innovation. You have uh, a very strong background also on on entrepreneurship. You have created other companies. Uh, Can you describe quickly how you know how that journey has been. Uh, you know, from innovation, creating companies, being really active in the startup scene. Obviously, also in, in consulting. Uh, so that you had a stint in Accenture. So, so how that evolved uh, and why? Let's say, walk us through that journey into all the way into the aha moment when you said, "Hey, we need to bring this energy transparency into the power of." for for the clients in terms of what they're consuming.
0: I guess I guess it's been it's always been like it starts it sounds it sounds cheesy and stupid, but it starts with like a curious mindset. Right. I wanted to try stuff. I've always wanted to try stuff and been sort of adventurous in that sense. I've traveled a lot, I've I've seen a lot of different places, I've tried new things. Um and once when I was studying um I met a met a few friends. Met up with a few friends who were of the similar similar mindset. So we started a few companies. A uh, few of them failed, naturally crashed and burned, <laughs> as, as you do in the startup world. But then a uh, few of them actually actually succeeded, and and uh, and one of them is still active today. So that's 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 uh, pretty pretty cool. Can we um, changed that one. Sorry, it's uh, it's called Corsia. We we did online online uh, e-learning back in the days prior to youtube oh wow uh, we put up, put up courses online yeah yeah <laughs> courses courses for people who wanted to <clears throat> wanted to sort of do it was, so we targeted people with with like special hobbies and interests at, at, at first so if you wanted to learn how to play the guitar or maybe, maybe you wanted to do like a theoretical course in, in navigation or whatever, you know, um, Hmm. learn how to knit. Uh, we put up courses on that online and then help people then, uh, help people sell those courses and, and, uh, and profit out out of that. And we, we took a small share out of that, uh, that company, that company then since then sort of pivoted and are now doing uh, tailor bespoke, uh, bespoke tailor made courses for like um, internal corporates. education with corporates and stuff. Yeah, exactly. I see. Okay. Um, so did that? I did that when I was studying, and then and then when I finished my studies at university, I sort of wanted to try my hand on, on you know, big scale companies. So I went into management consulting, um, and I did that. Did that for for a couple of years. So it taught me taught me a lot. I mean. If there's one thing that management consultants are really good at. It's, it's, you know, defining and, and managing processes. And there's a lot of stuff that I, that I learned from that end, which I then could, you know, in hindsight, look back at my startup years and be like, Oh, I should have done that. at that point, <laughs> why don't we do that? You know, right? there's, yeah, there's a lot of those things where you kind of go back and forth and, and learning, learning through hindsight. Right. Yeah. Um, so I was, in, I was in management consulting for quite a few years, uh, and as you do, you move around in between different companies. Um, you really don't know where <laughs> where you want to go, um, where you, where and, you will fit. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And I just I just sort of ended up in in uh, resources and energy, um, and I worked with I worked with uh, one of Sweden's biggest. Or the biggest energy company in Sweden, Vattenfall, for a long, long time, setting up their uh, portfolio and projects uh, management systems, things like that. So, so, I got, I got a good, I got a good view into how Vattenfall, how they work, how they, how they manage their portfolio, what they, how they work with PPAs and energy sales, and then you know most everything and anything that that has to do with energy. Um, then, as it turns out, I got I got offered a offered a position as a as a an interim position with helping a uh, company company from and this is this is, this is outside of outside of management consulting. Um, help of help of company from uh, Indonesia they had they had a Swedish subsidiary but I help a small small solar company from Indonesia to get uh, localized within Europe. They uh, they sol- they sold small uh, off-grid solar panel solutions to to, um, comp- to mo- mainly to people who are completely off-grid in, in, in remote places like Africa, uh, Malaysia, those places of uh, and they had a small solar panel solution which powered a, a small light. You've probably seen them. The light doubled as of as a phone charger. Um and this really helped people sort of elongate their days. So all of a sudden they could they could uh they they would have light to work with for another two or three hours per day.
1: Yes. It's um, access to, to electricity basically.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Um which was really, really interesting because then I then I came from like this massive big scale energy stuff to to go into the opposite opposite side of the spectrum and to do, do complete off-grid stuff. Um, and that was I found that really interesting, the dichotomy of of those things. Um,
1: the, the two different worlds, right? So kind of even efficiency all the way to energy access,
0: yeah exactly. Exactly, cause, and, and and that sort of that sort of got me thinking about about how energy works and energy and energy economics, if you if you want. Um, margins in energy in the energy business, at least here in Europe, as you know, and and in the Nordics, especially, are pretty low. Um, you're not making money off, off of off of kilowatt hours. Um, so you need to find other ways of, of, of making money at, uh, in an energy business and, and costs are pretty high as well. Um, at this point, and now sort of getting, getting ahead of ourselves a bit, uh, but pe- people today don't know what, what they're paying for when they're, when they're paying their energy bill, right? So they have no idea f- how much of it is, goes to, um, Grid cost and how much is actually ener- how much is actually energy consumed? You, you have no idea. Um, if you look at places where we were active, like Somalia, and then those places like completely off grid, um, there's small entrepreneurial businesses with people uh, on. You see, you see pretty often people on bikes that bike around with with a big solar panel on the bike, and then they will charge phones and stuff uh, for a yeah. small fee. So there's. And at that, at, you know, in in those places, people know exactly how much a fully charged phone is. They, you, you will know if it's like, you will go to this guy and you'll pay him one euro and then he will charge your phone fully. Um, it, I have no idea how much, how much it would cost in, in energy costs to charge my phone fully in Sweden. I have no idea. If yeah. I it's even it's even on it's even so bad it goes to the other side of the spectrum that if i walk into like a coffee shop and i sit down and and charge my phone i i sort of expect to be able to do that and not pay for it at all which is weird because it's a because it's a strange relationship to a resource which is very uh it's very dominant in our in our world and is very it's a very uh, you know, valuable resource, energy, and we we sort of expect it to always be there and and always be something that we can consume, right?
1: Is that is that sorry to jump in. Uh, basically, we take it for granted in, in the Western world, and obviously in, in Asia, many parts of Asia as well. So let me let me jump in on that one then. So what happened then in 2017-18 when you start having these discussions with with your co-founder? What was the Striking moment when you said, "Hey, the world is changing." I think that uh, was it—the the the move into more renewables that were that were taking place already in Europe at the time, or, or was it more of a, "Hey, we need to take action here." Uh, I think that potentially the the audience or the consumers. Do do you think that they were ready then? Uh, are they ready now to to actually request that sort of transparency that you're bringing to the market? Well,
0: there's a uh, there's there's really a few different different things there. Um, consumers today already want to consume renewables. Uh, we know that. We see that with with the with the um push from consumers to to uh, consume more renewables. I mean, people, people want to know that, that the energy they're getting is from uh, renewable sources. And that's also where we see renewables of companies investing in renewables companies, but big companies like Google, ABB and, and, and Siemens and other, you know, uh, Volvo, Scania, other, other major major companies are investing in renewables, so, because they want to be able to tell their consumers in in uh, down the line that they're that they're invested in the renewable future. So there's a demand for renewable energy out there. However, the uh, way we currently measure renewable energy is sort of disconnected from from what's actually being consumed. Um, the way the way we sell renewable energy today is through a system where you sort of account for how much energy you've consumed in a year and then you make sure that that same amount of energy has been produced by renewable sources somewhere in europe over that year um, so it's it's a good incentive to sort of it's an it's okay economic incentive to to sort of build out your renewable resources or it has been that's starting to fade now um, but it's uh, what it is is that it's disconnected from the actual renewables you consume so there's really no you, you know the, the classic supply and demand market which is out there if there's if there's five apples left in the store and six people want it then you want to be one of the first five people in that store. Um, sure. That sort of supply and demand thinking is is not present with an energy because you have no idea how much supply there is at this very moment. You have no idea how much wind there is in, in a given location or how how much hydro it is. You can only you can only look. The way we measure today is that you look back in hindsight and you say, "Oh, okay, over this year, there's been that much hydro." Now, how, how many of you guys wanted hydro last year? And then you sort of portion it, portion it out. Um, and that sort of disconnect f- makes it f- impossible to measure measure accurate supply and demand. Um, and that is one thing that we wanted to sort of also, also uh, help people with. Because since it's a pan-European market that we're dealing with, um, the issue is that some countries in Europe are are very high in their uh, renewable maturity, as in Sweden. Sweden consumes, on paper, almost one hundred percent renewables, which is which is interesting because because you know fifty percent of our power comes from nuclear, which in this country is not counted as a renewable source. Ah, whereas, interesting. yeah, whereas other countries, on paper. Do not consume any renewables at all, and you don't have to move far. You just go to Norway. They don't they don't consume any renewables on paper because they sell all of their paper credits to to us, uh, Swedes. So, in that sense, there's you know the, the market, um, the different sort of powers that that influence this market hasn't really they haven't really come to uh, alignment, if you may. Um, there's not there's not a one one fully functioning demand pan European demand um, there's so having a pan European market doesn't really doesn't really sort of reflect accurately what customers and, and consumers want so. yeah
1: so on that one so what 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 technologies then what what sort of uh, tech stack are you putting in place and what sort of then Sources where are you plugging it in to, to get that accurate information?
0: Yeah, so there's I mean, all of this all of this comes down to data, right? I mean, this is always interesting. I've, every company today seems to be moving into data, um, and as as are we. We're a completely software uh, company. We don't have any hardware. Uh, we sort of rely on our clients having having smart meters that we can tap into because we still need to read their consumption, right? And we need we still need to read how much uh v- v- how much they're consuming and if they have on-site generation how much they're generating at, at at any given point um so far we haven't encountered any any issues with with that assumption but well it's uh it is the worst we're, st- we're still sort of relying on that fact but so what we do is that we measure um we measure the uh v- uh, the, the very very local energy that is that is at the place at your place of, of location, and we look at we look at where the energy sources come from. That so, um, if you if you're in um let's say let's say your building or, or the house that you live in. Um, is supplied by solar panels on your rooftop and those solar panels are directly supplying your house first if your house is consuming 100 uh, 100 kilowatts it's, it's, it's an extremely large house but let's say it's consuming 100 kilowatts and your solar panels are producing 50 kilowatts then you're 50 percent supplied by your by your um, uh, by your solar panels so that is what we're looking at in essence. And then once we know that, then we can say, well, okay, so the rest of the 50% must come from your grid. Then we look at what's in your immediate uh, surroundings. Do you have any, do you have any wind, any other solar, any other, any other power plants in the immediate, in the immediate surrounding that that is supplying you with that power And, and using that and using naturally the topography of the grid and, you know, all of all of those things, um, we sort of calculate in real time what your what your grid local grid mix is. This is sort of what we what I want to describe us as, as the energy pyramid, right? Um, the traditional energy pyramid has been that you have one power plant on top on the very top of the energy pyramid, you have one strong power plant, and that power plant is producing so much energy that it gets pushed all the way out into every every single node, into the entire base of that pyramid, right? Um, and that has been the traditional model uh, of, of energy and and energy sourcing in, in, in every country. Um, you had, in Sweden, you know, we had a lot of, a lot of nuclear plants that, that did that, n- nuclear and hydro, um, and then you sort of relied on the grid to transfer all of that energy out to our very remote nodes in some parts of this country, uh, which then naturally, you know, caused a lot of problems. You had a lot of transmission losses. You had a lot of losses in, in overproduction, uh, all of the entire, the entire load balancing issue that everybody keeps talking about today comes from this sort of, this sort of way of looking at it. What we want to do um, at at Remblock in our narrative is sort of flip that pyramid upside down. And we look at that very single node first, your house again. And we look at that node and then we go, okay, so this house is supplied 50% with its own on-site solar. Um, Then what happens? And then you sort of look on outwards. Uh, And in that sense, I think we have a much more closer to reality sort of expectation of of how of how energy actually works
1: you move little by little towards you know the upstream part to see how all those nodes and wh- what's the fitting energy in,
0: in each one yes. interesting i mean in, in yeah. the theory anyhow but <laughs> i mean if, with in, in all transparency and in, you know we haven't covered nearly any nodes yet so we've we've covered we've covered. Uh, Uh, a lot of the nodes but we have but we still you know once in order for our model to work completely and fully we need to cover every single node on on the entire planet because that's how the that's how well except for iceland and and australia and and, you know disconnected energy systems but um because that's how the energy system works right every everything is interconnected um it's it's an interesting people keep talking about you know the energy system in Sweden, or the energy system in Germany, or the energy system in Poland, and it's it, without it's mentioning like the
1: connection. Yeah,
0: exactly. The connection, the imports and exports, all of the all of the reliance you have on on neighboring countries and and, and stuff like that. So it's uh, it's there's there's a lot of issues that stem from like that traditional model of looking at looking looking at energy and energy distribution. And I sort of think that we need to I'm not saying that our model is the correct one, but we need to be able to at least influence the traditional model with 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 new ways of looking at it
1: yeah, so that that brings me to the question then so what what markets are you serving now what what sort of uh, in, in what process are you? are you trying to to expand? are you trying to you know raise money, grow the team? I mean, can you give us a be a brief description of where where is Remblock heading in in 2021 and, and beyond?
0: Uh, as a startup, you're always expanding. You're always raising money. <laughs> you're always trying to getting getting uh getting more people to join your team and join your costs. Uh, yeah. So we've found ourselves in a very special situation with uh, with COVID um as well, because we work in a very traditional business, right? I mean, energy is energy is not the Let's be honest. Energy is not the sexiest. It's not the f- fastest moving. It's not the most modern or trendiest yeah. business there is. Uh, yeah. There's still a lot of processes in energy, which, which stem from, you know, we do stuff as we've always done stuff. So it's, so in that sense, it's, it's, a it's an interesting field to be in because there's a lot of room for an innovation. And if, and if anybody wants to, you know, if anybody has like a groundbreaking idea, um, that hasn't been done yet energy is energy is one of a, those yeah there's yeah. a lot of room to move move within the energy field because there's you, you talk to people you talk to people and they say we want to digit uh, you know we want to digitalize our business we want to move into the modern age and what they're talking about then in in reality is like moving all of their old uh old maps and f- and uh, offline folders into into like a v- spreadsheets or putting stuff on Google Maps. You know, yeah. that's that's the that's where we're at. Um so we still um we still have a lot of ways to to move in this and, and and a lot of rooms to do with it. But in in terms of what happened with COVID is that this is a business traditionally where, where you meet with f- 15, 20 people in a room and decide upon a project. Now you obviously couldn't do that uh, with COVID, and that sort of crippled crippled the entire field at first. To be honest, I don't think anybody in, in March of last year, I don't think anybody in the energy business knew knew you know ins from outs and, and and what to do, and everything sort of just honestly stopped for six months. Yeah, absolutely. But then, then in October, in October. September, October of last year, things started picking up, and people started realizing that, you know, hey, we we have to keep our business going, right? We have to move forward and, and push for, push for new stuff. So, um, and in that sense, people also started realizing that we can sign deals online. It's 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 not a big it's not a big deal, which in turn opened up the entire world for us. All of a sudden, we're so we're running projects in 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 italy and in poland in germany in australia um sweden naturally also but um i don't know if we would have i don't know if we would have gotten out into europe that quickly had we had we not sort of been forced by COVID to do so right
1: if you went for COVID, interesting so explain a bit more on, on the customer then so in all these countries where, where you're now Reaching out. So, are they direct clients, like a B2C model? Where are we talking about the households then? Or you're also kind of partnering with corporates and big, big companies that, that are looking at this sort of service as hey, this is a step towards net zero decarbonization and, and a way to show our stakeholders hey, look, this is indeed the split of energy that we are that we're using and consuming
0: our initial idea was a direct consumer product right so we at that point we were two consumers sort of kind of realizing that we weren't getting the energy we were actually paying for so we, uh, you know 2017 we were a bit pissed off at that point point. and when we started formulating the ideas but well, we kind of quickly realized and when we actually founded remblock in into 2018 that Servicing a lot of a lot of private customers is is a uh, very admin intensive, right? So, at that point, we sort of focused our pivoted a bit, focused our business model towards uh, bigger customers, uh, corporates and uh, industry groups. But in that sense, the end consumer is still there in our thinking. So we are in that sort of business to business to consumer model where we help service. We service our clients so that they can service their customers better, right? Um, a lot of our clients will already have um, energy management systems in place. They will help their customers in turn with what's optimizing towards uh, you know lower price points, uh, optimizing t- towards a, a less strenuous consumption, or optimizing towards a, um, a better load balancing. And okay. those are those are the traditional three ways of, of optimizing an energy. We just we want to say that we come in with with one fourth dimension there where we help clients optimize towards sustainability and renewables. So in that sense, we sort of jack into those existing models and and, and just tag along with, with the with all of the existing energy optimization stuff.
1: So, yeah, Nils, so in, in that regard then, so in all those different countries, so what, what sort of industries and, and, and clients then you're pursuing?
0: Our clients are mostly in the real estate industry, real estate and manufacturing industry. We're working quite a lot with uh, ABB, for instance, with, with helping them getting a better understanding of, of how and where they consume their energy. Um, real estate companies... V- energy is uh, energy is, is a major expense for them, and it's also a an expense which which they've been focused on quite intensely for for, for a long time. So so they're so they're very mature in the energy thinking. Um, as is, as is um uh, manufacturing companies, uh, they're also uh, companies where energy is and can be a big expense. In this, we're not really. We are not saving them money on their energy bills. That's that's for other optimization companies to do. Uh, what we do is that we can give them a better understanding of where their energy comes from in real time and how they can then move towards some more renewable consumption. Uh, this is extremely important for them. Uh, again, not for not for a marginalised cost thing, but when you look to their clients and and certain points also their investors. They want to be able to show that they are renewable, that they're working with sustainables, and that they're working with us, and taking taking a bigger bigger step in this. So we're sort of allowing for that insight and that knowledge, which is which is extremely valuable to them.
1: No, absolutely, and this correlates quite well with the 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 whole move of the of every single industry now, uh, including you know the pressure that they're getting from the, the investors to show. How they're dealing with the whole ESG and sustainable development goals, and you know, basically demonstrating how they're reducing their, their carbon footprint, right?
0: And Google did oh. a, Google did amazing uh, an amazing job with us recently, and, and and their and their targets for 2030 and how they're going to go carbon neutral, uh, their insights in, in in matching in matching energy consumption to where to where they push their loads. This is extremely interesting.
1: Awesome. Yeah, and then Microsoft also they they're pledging carbon carbon negative, not even carbon neutral, but carbon negative. Yeah, uh, it's quite an exciting space. So with that, then uh, I would like to you know, we're approaching the the time, so I would like to wrap up um, with maybe some optimistic views from from you. How are you seeing the space then? Uh, into the next few years uh, do you think that th- you have some good sail winds to, to help brand block a scale as, as you wanted to
0: yeah it's a really interesting field and it's and there's a lot of stuff happening and then as i said it's, it's, a, it's a you know pretty much an open goal for anyone who wants, wants to come in and innovate um and so to anybody listening out there you know move into the energy business because it's, it's very interesting and there's a ton of stuff happening uh both on customer side but also on regulation side we're seeing stuff like the taxonomy directive from the eu coming in uh we're seeing stuff of uh, stuff in the paris agreement and according to what you know what they call scope two and energy related emissions um there's a lot of stuff from the regulation side coming in and, and trying to sort of sort a lot of this mess out because honestly it is it is sort of a mess uh, currently but they're trying they're trying to you know stitch it all together which which is what is what emissions are going to account to to what right and who's going to be paying for that and who's going to be who's going to be responsible for that and uh, so over the just the last couple of years i've seen um of a major move towards sustainability within the energy field, because honestly, it was kind of forgotten up until, until just recently. Right. Um, So I'm thinking, I'm thinking we're going to see more of that. And what, what we're also seeing is, you know, people, regular consumers, you and I, people who are not necessarily energy invested, um, are getting more and more energy where um so people are starting to ask those questions which which then in turn pushes the market forward so um i think we're going to see a lot of new thinking within the energy business and a lot of new innovation within the energy business in terms of sustainability in just the just the other you know upcoming few years now so and hopefully Renblock is going to be part of that uh we do have some good sales, sale ones currently, um, and hopefully we can contribute to contribute to that sustainable change.
1: Absolutely, and yeah, I, I just have to echo those words that that uh, interconnection between regulation and the customer experience and the customer customer needs and, and wants. Uh, I think that they they really. Pushing to create this market. So, yeah, I really wish you the, the best in thank that for you. Remblock, and, and we will follow your journey quite closely. So, thank, thank you, Niels, for, for joining us today. Okay. Thank you, David. Thanks. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye. The views expressed in this podcast are my own and do not reflect the opinion of my current employer, T.S. If you like this episode, please subscribe and give us a like. It really is important for us. This episode was produced by Julio Cesar Fernandez.